Hello, happy holidays, and welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast. We're squeezing in one more episode before the end of the year with some mid-season predictions and match recaps. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Blake Munchell. How are you this week, Blake? Everything good? I'm good. It's that strange part of the year between mm. the end of Christmas and the start of the new year, so yeah, nothing's happening, so... At least there's football happening. Plenty of it as a well. A lot of football. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking It's been actually... okay for me. Good. Good. Me too. It's been okay. I, I was thinking before we get into everything today, I just, I sort of have to like, uh, like rant about this for a little bit. Or not even rant, just articulate my worries. I'm really worried that um, we're going to have another like extended break in the Premier League with everything going on in the UK right now with this new strain of the virus and like the unprecedented number of infections being reported among the Premier League clubs. We've seen a slew of delays uh, across the pyramid, the footballing pyramid in the UK. What do you think? Can you, can you quieten my, my fears or do you agree with me? So I saw a, um, I don't know if you caught this because I know you watched the match, but in the Liverpool-Newcastle match at uh, the halftime, the mm-hmm. I don't remember who I was watching on. I think I was watching on NBC Sports. Um, and they put up a graphic that talked about how uh, the uh, a statement the Premier League had put out about how um, they're not going to do a, a two-week break um, for the players' sake. Um, they're going to go with whatever the government says. Um, and I thought that bit about going with whatever the government says to be really interesting. Right. Um, because, I mean, I, I think it's pretty likely that the UK will do another lockdown. Um, well, I mean, they're already with, in one, basically. Well, but yeah. So, like, an extended one. Okay. Yeah. Um, extended this one. Um, mm-hmm. So, just with that inclusion of, like, the Premier League will support the wishes of the UK government. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that makes me think, well, okay, so if they extend it for two weeks to try to get a handle on this, then the Premier League will probably stop. But if, like, we know governments don't always do what's the best for the people. Right. Um, So there's a decent chance that the government doesn't do anything and then soccer continues as is. Yeah, I mean, I I think they'll try their hardest, but I, I feel like I'm hearing and reading sort of whispers of, like, a potential break and who was it was it steve bruce or am i making that up who was like no it was sam allardyce who came out and said we need to like scrap this like i read an article or an interview where he was like i'm 66 like i really don't want to get COVID, guys can we please scrap the season which i was i was like i mean it's not necessarily a bold statement but i just found it interesting that he came out and said it um yeah i know um like man city and another club um were like they said something along the lines of, like, we're not advocating for it, but we would fully support taking a two-week break to let clubs do, like, self-isolation. Um, yeah. I mean, so another thing, I, I know this is, like, not very interesting because everyone is sick of talking about COVID, but another thing that um, that I read and that I fully believe, I can't remember which journalist said it, but they were like, clubs have basically dropped the ball and they're being far too relaxed so things like 
allowing too many players at one time to be in the gym and sort of like not reminding the players enough of their like you know covid safety duties etc cetera, etc cetera. and so i think perhaps like a two week break to sort of reassess just how strict everything should be at at these clubs would might be beneficial but yeah yeah and i mean like i've i've seen like the pictures from newcastle's training and other stuff mm-hmm. um and like the post practice uh congregations of players and like mm-hmm. Uh, I know they've like gone out to dinner and stuff. Um, yeah, it's just unnecessary stuff. Like, yeah, which I mean, yeah, I feel like some like uh some in American football, some players have been like, I understand I'm in a position of enormous privilege mm-hmm. where I get paid millions of dollars to play a sport that I love. Um, so I'm totally okay with for eight months all i do is yeah. practice and then i go straight back to my house and i stay exactly. in my house as um, it should be yeah i don't i haven't seen any players say that exact thing not saying that it doesn't no exist, I, I, but, I haven't either i haven't either yeah um and i i know there's stuff like because um, like of course i'm more focused on what's happening to newcastle um mm-hmm. players like uh saint maximin have been going back and forth from france to england to uh yeah. get treatment and stuff um, yeah. which i think it's under the club's recommendation yeah. so i mean but he can't be doing that anymore right because for the rest of europe and most of the world is like shut down any travel in and out from the uk because of the new strain yeah but we know those rules don't apply to uh you athletes. think so oh that's yeah. depressing i mean yeah i guess but yeah, I mean, I suppose that's enough COVID talk. But I was just interested in what you think. I feel like maybe in a few weeks we'll be facing another um, shutdown of footballing activity, which will be a little bit depressing. But oh well. yeah, really, really quickly before I, I end mm-hmm. this conversation, um, it's an interesting thing to think about in terms of American football, because the way the NFL, which is the organization controlling American football, the way they handled it was any sort of games we have to cancel due to COVID, mm-hmm. we'll just play them again on a later date. But now we're at the very end of American football season uh-huh. and they're running out of dates to play those games. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the Steelers-Browns game is currently in jeopardy um, because the Browns had a bunch of players test positive. Um, and there's like no plan whatsoever. Like, how are you? Are you just going to forfeit the game and then some teams are going to play fewer mm. games than other teams? Um, just the, the kicking it down, like kicking the can down the road tactic does not really yeah. work with COVID. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you, which is why I think that possibly, like, yeah. It yeah. Happen, so, but... um, and then my final thing, uh, this kicking the can down the road causes Villa to sit in fifth place. Yes. Despite having two games in hand. I know. That's as amazing. do City. Yeah, it's quite amazing. My um one of my favorite footballing journalists and sort of like just I don't he's an Musa Kwanga, he's like an author and a and a journalist. He was saying that Aston Villa this season are like are like the rapper that doesn't churn out like like a ton of albums or songs but everything they put out is like super excellent 
sort of like technically and it's like very well received i thought that was like a fun analogy because i feel like people aren't really talking about villa in terms of being like a really really good team but they kind of are like for whatever reason and i'm sure we'll get into this like later in the podcast they're working together super well and um going under the radar at the same time so yeah yep okay so before we start talking about actual matches um Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about our uh match predictions um and uh the rich get richer uh i continue to slip down the table kind of like newcastle Mm -hmm. um it was another not great prediction week for me uh oscar guessed six matches correctly and i only predicted five giving him a plus one for the week and moving his overall to plus two so nice not ideal for me i really need to pick up my form Uh, i'm in that everton slide right now but you know i'll come back and start decimating yeah yeah i'm sure you will i'm sure you will all right and then do we want to get into uh the big change of the format of this episode yeah i would like that take it away um yeah so we are going to do oh no i'm sorry we're going to recap the match day predictions oh i'm so okay you'll have to scrap this um i got confused i thought we were give it five seconds yeah um restarting okay thank you yeah, so what we're going to do, excitingly enough, is update our season predictions, which I am in desperate need of because listeners will remember that I currently have Arsenal finishing in third place um, in my preseason predictions. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do our December end of year midseason predictions. We're going to run through the full 20 teams in the league, and then we're going to do um, FA Cup winner, Golden Boot, number of goals scored, most assists, number of assists and play of the season predictions, which I see have changed as well. But yeah, we're going to go team by team, maybe pause here and there, discuss the lay of the land for teams like Arsenal, that kind of stuff. As always, I'm sure we'll talk about West Ham and Newcastle. And I'm really looking forward to it because I have it here in front of me. And once again, we disagree relatively strongly with some teams. So should 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 we get into it? I'm looking forward to this. Yes. Do you want to cool. start off with who you have winning the Premier League? Yeah, let's go 1-20. to 20. I have Liverpool winning the Premier League. Um, I had this changes from Man City. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone was necessarily predicting Man City to be off, off the ball. Um, is that even a phrase? Um, as they have been at times this season. Um I do think that they will see a resurgence. Um, but Liverpool, despite the fact that they've lost key players, kind of look peerless. Um, obviously, they've dro- they lost, what, 7-2 to Villa, and that was a crazy game. And they've drawn just today to West Brom and Fulham, who are both teams uh, right now. To Newcastle. Down. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes, to Newcastle. They, um, yes. Um, teams right down at the bottom of the league. Um, so it, clearly they're struggling to sort of unlock like a deep lying defense. We almost beat them as well, or almost sort of got a point against them. But, um, you know, once again, at times this season, it just looked like no one can touch them. And so I think, I think it's a safe prediction. 
right now. Um, and yeah, that's who I've gone for. I also have Liverpool. Um, I'd like to say, though, this thought I've had about Liverpool going back to last season, mm-hmm. um, even though they dominated the league in terms of like points um, yeah. and number of wins and all that, um, it, it's not like they demolished every team they came up against. Yeah. Um, last season and this season, they have a lot of 1-0 wins, 2-1 wins matches they go behind and then have to crawl their way back for it's not like when man city won the league and they absolutely thromped everyone they came up against yeah uh it's not a completely dominating performance however even when they're absolutely terrible yeah they still win matches um so it's really hard it's to true. bet against Liverpool. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I thought that's what they were going to do today against Newcastle. Um, and they didn't. I'm kind of glad of that because it makes it more exciting for everyone watching. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, yeah, that all the stats point to them being the best too. They've scored the most goals. They have the, okay, joint most wins, but obviously they have, they have the, the most wins. Um, and they uh, they have to they they have the most shots in the Premier League as well. Um, so you know I think all everything is pointing to 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 a Liverpool not romping to the title but sort of just kind of scrapping their way there. Um, and you know they have Diogo Jota to come back. We saw Thiago Thiago Alcantara come back for a small very small cameo. Um, today against Newcastle and he's barely played so you know sort of relatively formidable I would say yeah um I I've I've seen people talk about how Liverpool are pooling away Mm -hmm. um which I don't agree with I don't think that's true um if Man, you have a match in hand and they're three points behind uh even Man City has uh if they yes. win both their games in hand, they'll move up to second and be one point behind Liverpool. Yeah. So, well, and also like somewhat bizarrely, Villa also have two games in hand. If the, and if they win them both, they're right up in the conversation too. Same situation. Incredibly as Man impressive. City. Incredibly impressive in the halfway through the season. Um, I don't think any of us really believe that Villa will be in the title race come the end of it, but you never know. Um, yeah, it would actually think. Be fun. The table is relatively tight all the way yeah, down oh, yeah. to ninth place. It's super tight. It's super I tight. think any of those can make a top five. Oh yeah. Ploy. I mean, I think I think the likes of um you know, I mean it was even tighter a couple of weeks ago because back then the likes of Southampton and West Ham were also in like, you know, a win away from being fifth or whatever. So yeah, no, I, I, everything can change very quickly. Um yeah, West Ham is still only three points off of fifth place. Obviously, that's Villa, but, you know, three points off of Chelsea in sixth. Um, same amount of games played is very tight, yeah. Okay, who do you have in second place? Because this is our first very interesting deviation. Have Leicester still. Yeah, this is amazing to me. I just... They're such a well-run club. Oh. Um, yeah, 
they, and I don't think Jamie Vardy has found his feet his yet this yet. season. Yeah, and he still has a lot of goals. Uh, he's, I, I believe he's third in scoring, and he's hasn't isn't mm-hmm. totally in form. But um, I really think after a long season, we could see Leicester City pull ahead. I could honestly could not disagree more strongly. I was just. I mean, it's kind of a joke in my family right now. I do not think Leicester City are that good this season. So obviously we've seen them. They've had this bizarre thing where they're far up the table, but they've, uh, I think they drew, was it last match or the match before? But before that, they had either won or lost in, in the Premier League. I think it was like f- four wins or, you know, five wins, five losses or something weird like that. Um, I, I do not, I have them sitting down in seventh. I, I don't think they're, I think they're going to fall away again. I do not think they're that good. I, I was actually sort of trolling through the um, their stats because I was like, is this just some like weird like gut thing that I'm just being stupid about? Nine wins, five losses, twenty nine goals. Okay, of those twenty nine goals, eight of them are penalties. So if you take, I mean, obviously you can't take away penalties scored, but whatever. If so, if from open play, twenty one goals, that takes them all the way down to joint eleventh in the goal scoring t- charts this season in the Premier League teams, um, which I think is a big concern for them. Um, as you said, Jamie Vardy, despite being Jamie Vardy, we all know he's great, hasn't found his feet yet. I don't know if, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily like back him not to, but at some point he has to slow down. I don't know if he'll he'll find it. Um, you know, you've seen the return of Wilfred and Didi, which has given them a boost. I don't know when per- Ricardo Pereira's due back. That will also give them a boost. And I'm sure perhaps they will strengthen in January. But as we saw last season, I, I, I heard like a pundit saying, I don't think that they will tank like they did last season. And I don't understand like what has changed for them not to do the exact same thing that they did last season. I, I don't see anything different in the club that means that they won't trip up again. Um, and, and this time around, they don't have a couple of their best players as well, like in Calas Soyonchu and Ricardo Pereira because of long-term injuries. So I don't know. I, I'm very interested in, in why you have them second place, which is, I just think, very generous, to be honest. Uh, okay, so let's look at the one club in front of them. And yeah. the five clubs, six clubs behind them. Yeah. Um, these clubs are Manchester United, Everton, Aston Villa, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, mm-hmm. and Southampton. Yeah. And all, how many clubs is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. All seven of those clubs have at some point yeah. looked like they were going to stake their claim for the second best club in the premier league mm-hmm. uh and at other points have gone into complete free fall yeah i think in the chaos that is this season i would not be surprised if leicester city is the club that makes it to that second place no club yeah. has shown me consistency okay. yeah but but then but neither has leicester. Right, neither has leicester yeah sure but i had yeah. to pick someone I, I guess I, I, I get that. I do get that. I just think, I mean, I think I'm also biased because for some reason, whenever I've watched Leicester, they, they've either lost or haven't been good. Obviously, they, they had that 5-2 victory against City, then went to lose against us 3-0, and we battered them. We swatted them aside. It was like genuinely easy. 
it was ridiculous. Like it, it wasn't even a contest. And then they went on a decent run. They beat Leeds, beat Wolves, swatted aside by Liverpool. Um, and then the big one for them, I think, was beating Tottenham because at that point that was sort of like a rival for that sort of second, third place like you were talking about. I think on paper, Tottenham have a better squad than them and Tottenham are in bad form right now, but I would back them over Leicester to grind out wins. And I just, I'm very worried about that record of nine wins, five losses or whatever it is. Um, It's just, it, it feels to me that they either win or lose. And I feel like, Obviously, when you're going to win the title in this day and age, it's like you just have to relentlessly win. But to be in the top four, you have to just try and get points on the board and go unbeaten. And I don't think Leicester can do that. I think they either, yeah, they either comfortably win or they're rubbish. And so I, I, for that reason, I think that's why they dropped down the table. As the um, an- another reason I put Leicester in second. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see the pundit who said? Leeds only got promoted because Karen of the, yeah. yeah the COVID break and their style of football being mm-hmm. um, which is certainly true that yeah. clubs like Aston Villa and Leeds had a style of play that certainly benefited them mm-hmm. um, in the the comeback from the yeah, COVID for sure, break for sure. um, and I don't think that's the reason why Leeds got promoted no. um, but I think it it's the reason they were so dominant. Um, mm-hmm in that second bit um if there is to be a a lockdown um and a suspension of the premier league Mm, yeah i think leicester city is the best equipped team to do that smash and grab but style of football but wasn't Um, this especially if jamie vardy's in good form but wasn't this the issue where last season they tapered off in february Everything was suspended, and then they came back, and they weren't good. Yeah, they were. So what just makes terrible. you think that? Yeah. So, what makes you think it's different this season? Like, that's my my main concern. I don't know, man. It's a good gut. Just feeling. like a gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just... yeah, that makes sense. It's like my Arsenal gut feeling. Less crazy, but I think it's still a still a gut feeling. Interesting. I, I mean, I I would like to see them get Champions League football again. I mean, that, that I guess that would be fun. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We've waffled on. We have. Let's talk about uh, our joined third guess. We both have put Manchester United in here. I think, um, yeah, the reason I, I mean, I've complained a bunch about like just making predictions in general. Uh, I think that if Man U were in one of their bad patches, I've, feel like I I can't speak for you, but I don't know if I would be so confident putting them in the top four. Um, they move up for me from fourth. I put them in fourth in my preseason predictions. I put them in third this time. Uh I I I don't if you ask me like why I did it, I I don't know what I would tell you. I I mean they obviously have a good squad. They have a magic player in Bruno Fernandez who can like drag them to victories and then also be scintillating when they're playing well. Um, I think the Europa League might pose a problem for them, but um, you know they're in good form right now, basically. And we know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can craft a team that can beat um, like top six teams, and um, and then they just have the talent to push them through against like worse teams. And obviously, like they have a game in hand right now that they win their joint first, so I guess they have to be in the conversation. 
Um, I definitely am guilty of putting Man U in third for uh, yeah, recency yeah. bias. Uh, it's just right now they're playing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a few episodes ago where we were talking about is Ole the first one fired? So yeah, I know exactly. This is the stupid thing about Manchester United where the only reason my dad put them as winning the league, which I, I mean, yeah, which is kind of like, I kind of laughed initially when I read it. And then I was like, you know, I mean, it's not that crazy of a prediction because they are right up there. But the thing is, is that I feel like, man, you are guaranteed to have another bad patch of form. And then like the whole narrative is that they're not good enough and blah, 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 blah. And it's super boring and whatever, but maybe they'll ride it out and get top four. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if they end the season in eighth place, I would not be surprised. If they win the league, I would, I would not be. be surprised. I would so, be. Their team is too good. Their team uh, is too good. Uh, yeah, but they're man you. They can. I get yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's not 2012. They can finish in eighth. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Sure they can. I don't think they will, but they definitely can. Who do you have in fourth? Uh, I have your second place team. I have Man City. Um, yeah, first I think it's going to be, it's going to be an underwhelming season for them. But mm. considering how they started out, I think, uh, if you offered a Man City fan fourth place, well, first you'd have to find one, but yeah. second they'd snap your hand off for fourth place right now. So, so yeah, I mean for Man City. We spent a lot of time talking about Leicester. So you have them in fourth, I have them in second. I actually do think that they will be pretty good in the second half of the season um, because I think they'll just find some more consistency. The one thing, though, that I think will see them drop down the table and maybe closer to fourth than my second is that I feel like the teams in the Premier League just aren't as scared of them anymore. A couple of seasons ago, anyone facing Manchester City was like frightened to death of them and it just felt like you couldn't beat them they sort of like had this like aura of invincibility around them and i think that's gone so you know i think that's why um i think you know like matching up against like good sides like a villa or Leeds, um it's going to be harder for them to like cruise to victory like they could in recent seasons yeah I mean, I certainly see it, but I also think the return of Aguero will be like the return of full action, fully healthy Aguero will be very helpful. So who do you have in fourth? So I have Tottenham in fourth. Um, That's up from fifth from my preseason predictions. I think this is going off of, I I mean, you can say what you want about Jose Mourinho and like, yeah, he, he could be very boring and it's like, it's pretty annoying when he you know, does this thing where he, he does park the bus and it's like, why are you playing this like super boring football with these great attackers and et cetera, et cetera. But I do think just like their squad is so good and it's so deep that I they're in bad form right now. I think they'll have a resurgence. And I think like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, this season suits Jose Mourinho, like football's kind of regressed to his to his style. And so I think they'll recapture some form, basically. Um, and yeah. I think it'll be enough to see them in the top four. I agree. I don't think fourth is ridiculous for Spurs. Um, so we'll come back and talk a little bit more in-depth about Spurs 
at a later time. Um, Who do you have in fifth place? In fifth place, I think this is my guilty recency bias. Um, We've seen Everton. I have Everton in fifth. Uh, We've seen them, after a very bad patch, like start to pick up form again. And they still have the likes of Hamas Rodriguez to return. Um, So I have them in fifth. I think that I'm impressed by Carlo Ancelotti. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is super, super reliable. And I think I've been impressed that they've played through this bad form, basically. And um, I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me for them to be up there. I mean, uh, full disclosure, like it's just such a toss up for me. Fifth through eighth is super difficult for me to predict. So. Yes. Um, especially with a, a team built like Everton is right now, where they're super top mm-hmm. heavy in their squad mm-hmm. um it's i kind of feel like they're a, a dcl injury yeah from freefall so. yeah no i agree with you if, the, if if he gets injured then it's kind of sort of over for them unless they can like adapt and just grind out one nils i mean i have been pretty impressed by this like weird i mentioned it a couple pods ago like just four huge center backs strung across the back line that ancelotti plays so yeah, I, just work. sheer physicality. I, I will say Ben Godfrey is so absolutely good. rapid. He's yeah, he's so he's quick. So yeah, and he's yeah, he's so quick and strong. I can't remember who he chased down, but he chased down some right winger. Hmm. Like I don't think it was Rafinha, but it was like a similar yeah type of player. I was like, holy cow. Okay, so in my fifth place, I have Chelsea Football Club. Uh who in terms of recency bias should would probably be put lower but i think when you invest 200 million in one summer um it's kind of impossible to end up outside the top six or yeah outside the top six so yeah i guess i have them in sixth so just one point below one place below and Maybe it's more wishful thinking thing. I I would like to see this. Oh, actually, I just saw this is not changed from my preseason. Don't think Lampard is that good of a manager. And, you know, like something is not right with if Angola Kante gets injured, they start entirely. I think Thiago Silva. Hello, this is future Blake. And I just wanted to pipe in and say that uh, at some point, our recording software got a little bit glitched, and it ends Oscar's uh, talking about his sixth-placed team, Chelsea, um, and his uh, perceived defensive woes of them. Um, so there's going to be a weird audio cut, and it's going to go straight to me talking about Spurs in sixth. So sorry about that. So I have Spurs in sixth. Um, just because I'm not completely sold on the tactics paired along with the players they have. And while the tactics can work and the players are phenomenal, I don't know if Mm -hmm. they always go together. Um, I mean, Mourinho's had success at other clubs and then it all sputters out. And that might be what we're seeing right now. Um, But also we've seen... The way you can never really get rid of Mourinho and you can never really get rid of this 
uh, 1930s tactic. Yeah. Of, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. That he's employed so well. I think. Uh, you uh, got. It. No, so I was just. Uh, I mean, I was just going to say. I really think that. That come the end of the season, it'll be like one or two points separation between fourth and sixth or something. I, I think it'll be super close. So I can see like Spurs being, you know, like almost getting Champions League, but ending up in sixth kind of deal. Talking about almost, uh, mm. let's talk about table position number seven. Yeah, like you said. Um, so. I have Leicester, you have Everton. We've talked about these clubs sort of already. Um, I sort of like articulated my ideas about Leicester. Um, and yeah, what about Everton? You I, you have them only two points. I have them in fifth, you have them in seventh. Any reason? Just sort of like, you think it'll balance out that way? or It's just that the, the top-heavy nature of Everton, yeah. if yeah, exactly. something happens, it can all come toppling down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of a safe bet yeah i think that um, is a safe bet the everton cup yeah <laughs> talking apparently about safe bets who do we both have in eighth place so we've both come for southampton which i think is a solid enough shout to be honest i i i don't know do i feel bad about putting them that low possibly but you sort of like kind of start to run out of spaces to put these teams in i think i really love southampton i have been a, a little bit surprised about their downturn um actually west ham and and southampton are right next to each other in the table right now and have both experienced a dip in form at the same time southampton are a much better team than west ham are so i think that they will pick up form again more quickly they need to ensure that danny ings is fit and firing um but yeah i mean i think the they should be aiming to be in the mix for the Europa League places, and that's what I think they'll do this season. But I have them in eighth. Yeah. Did you see... Um, was it Che Adams' miss against Fulham? Yes, I did. Poor Che Adams. Yeah. He's, at least he's been good this season so far. Yeah, um, just, you know? but with the, the player he has been, um, it's like very typical of the old Che Adams. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he does not fall back into his old habits, frankly. Um, I actually, yeah, I don't know. I don't, we don't have to pause on this for too long, but just because um, Ollie Watkins has taken to Premier League life like a duck to water, and he was sort of like, he's a bit older, but he was the same profile of striker as Che Adams was coming out of the championship. Like he was talked about in the same terms. And I'm like, why do you think that he's hit the ground running so well and Che Adams has taken so long to like adapt? Actually, really unsure because so with Shea Adams, it's totally like a a confidence thing, right? Because yeah, once he got that first goal, now he's very very good. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if it's just with Ollie Watkins, he came into a club that I think they had a lot of confidence going into this season. Um, yeah because they were really well invested in. Um, they kept Jack Grealish um, and like all this stuff. And then they, in the first couple of games, even though Ollie Watkins didn't score, Aston Villa took the league by storm. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
for Ollie Watkins, he entered this club that he joined for 30 million. Um, and they're like, we want you to be the talisman of this right. club that is at the time stomping the premier league. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, a right, right place, right time situation. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I just think Che Adams is one of these crazy players who, despite being only 24, he's been playing like week in week out since 2012 for various clubs, which just blows my mind. Um, like when players like play tons of football from the age of 16. So I feel like he'll be a player that burns out by the time he's 30, just because he's played way too much football. Yeah. Um, before we move on from that topic, um, that it's like uh, James Milner, who yeah, he was playing so many matches at such a young age for Leeds and Newcastle. Um, and I actually texted you this about how uh, James Milner and Alan Shearer played together at Newcastle. Um, and that's yeah, crazy. Such a crazy thought. Yeah, but I mean, like Milner's one of those players that's like defied the fact that he's played for like way too long. Like this is his 18th season in the top flight or something. He's like because he's a similar age to Wayne Rooney, and Wayne Rooney like does not have legs anymore, basically. And but James Milner is like some like physical freak, so yeah. Okay, so let's move down into ninth, uh, where you have quite the comeback. I do have quite the comeback in ninth. I have Arsenal Football Club. Um, so look, I think this is like kind of like a pride thing where like we all know i had arsenal in third place like an insane person um and i like can't bring myself to put them super super down there um yeah um i think that i'm convinced that they will improve like exponentially um i just can't like there's just no way they can continue on this trend and impressive win against chelsea and you know a scrappy win against brighton and i think things will look up and i think arteta will get them playing good football again because i do think arteta is a good player a uh, manager sorry so yeah i'll just go for it i'll go for arsenal in in ninth yeah it's we've talked about how the christmas period can do this sort of if you manage to hit your form during the christmas season you can skyrocket out of the relegation battle um and sure i mean they certainly have the resources um although not necessarily uh in terms of january spending mm -hmm. uh, they have enough invested in their club where if they were to pull this out i really would not be surprised and i actually want to use uh this to talk about your preseason prediction of Obama Yang winning the golden boot yeah. um, with 20 goals scored. Uh, so maybe they're going to need those 20 goals scored <laughs> in order to get up yeah. into ninth place. So, yeah. I mean, to, to like, to be fair, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you did have them in ninth in the preseason prediction, which is like pretty impressive. Um, I don't think anyone would have said that Aubameyang would be performing this badly, frankly. I mean, he was like the best striker in the league in the restart, so there you have it. It's If they pull out ninth, I'm 
uh, I mean, it's not a successful really? not... season, but it's no, of course it than... isn't. Yeah, they, of course. But I think they they definitely have a they they should pull out ninth. They're actually not that far off it now. They're three points off us in eleventh or tenth or wherever we are. So they will improve and they will whiz up the table. It's just if they can sustain it and then like if they can care enough to finish the season strongly and only get like ninth place, which is rubbish. But anyway, I, let's move on from yeah. them. Yeah. So in my ninth place, I have Aston Villa, um, yeah. who I think are playing phenomenally this season. Yeah. And I think they have the players and the want. Um, it's just in today's Premier League, I sure. don't think, I, I think you need that incredible funding. Um, mm-hmm to really push up the table and finish in a top six spot. Um, and I mean, I, maybe Aston Villa can push on after this season and use this season as a, yeah. a, a springboard spring box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, we've seen it before clubs finish high and then the man, the owners say, this is a nice money-making opportunity and they cash out, and the club's never really the same. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. So I, I don't know. I, I would buy into Villa um, because they play such a style of football that you really think they could beat anyone in the Premier League on their day. Yeah, but they, because they can, yeah. I've, I've seen this happen before with plenty of clubs, with Southampton, with West Ham, with Burnley. Yeah. So, I mean... I think if I were a Villa fan, I'd be super mad actually that you have them in ninth and like just moving on, I have them in 10th place because frankly, like I, I feel like I would be like, what more can this team do? Like what more can, can we do to prove to you how good we are? You know, they, they went down to 10 men against, um, who was it against West Brom and they beat them three nil. No, not West Brom. I'm sorry. Move. Crystal like Palace. I don't Crystal Palace. Thank you. Um, beat them three nil very comfortably with 10 men. You know, they've like shoved aside really great teams um, and they're super impressive. Uh, I was actually, when I was making my predictions, I was like, oh my God, I don't have Villa here yet. Like, is that crazy? Um, Which I think it might be a little bit crazy, Um, especially because this is a very unpredictable season and maybe they're thriving on that chaos. Um, I think maybe they're running on kind of an adrenaline right now after surviving so narrowly and then finding themselves playing so brilliantly i think maybe they'll run out of some steam um but yeah i mean i have them in you have them in ninth i have them in tenth uh, they would have bitten your hand off for that um at the start of the season so props to villa i hope they prove us wrong i hope they like get fifth or something crazy because i would love to see it i hope Could not you? i fucking hope they collapse <laughs> and get relegated um, <laughs> talking, talking about another team you hate who do you have who do you have in tenth um i will just say to the the villa fans listening um like it's not like a a personal like as much as i hate villa i'm not putting them this low because i hate them yeah um it's just i've seen clubs do this before um yeah sure and there's no reason you can prove me wrong but until you prove me wrong i'm gonna assume that it's the same situation yeah i mean southampton are a really good example of this i think so talking about clubs that i hate with an utter passion uh which could apply to uh, about 19 clubs in the Premier League, 20 if we include Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Leeds United finishing in 10th uh, as just their chaotic uh, run at you, rampant 
put eight men forward style of football seems to be working. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a decent enough prediction. Um, we'll get to where I put them in a little bit. I think the yeah, I mean, they're they're the ultimate like impossible to predict team because they either get smashed or they destroy teams. There's like barely any in between unless they play Man Full. City. Where yeah, so um, yeah. Fully agreed. Um, which why I have them so high um, is partially in because I think they anyone who they play who's below them they can thrash four nil just because it's sure. such a style of football that yeah lower league sure. teams don't come up against. So, but my my worry is that we know the Bielsa pattern, and that is the teams burn out. Bielsa teams burn out. That is like tried and trusted. Whatever Karen Carney probably took it too far when she was like they only got promoted because of COVID and they had the break. But I think she like there was some merit to what she said. Like it definitely helped them. Yeah, it was a factor. That's kind of and, sad because she's not yeah. the worst pundit, but no, she isn't. Murdered on. Twitter well, yeah, I mean, this. well, and also what the Leeds like official account was like really should not have posted like tweeted what they did. It was really odd uh, to be honest. I haven't seen theirs. So, so there's a huge backlash against the Leeds Twitter account because they they basically clipped her, what she said, and then mocked her for it on their official account. Like, it was like a troll fan account. It was very odd. So um, That's like, like social a, media in 20... Like, brand yeah, Twitter it's in just 2020. It's like so. really, like, very unprofessional. And the Leeds CEO has come out and, like, defended it and while simultaneously, like, condemning the abuse she's receiving. But it's like, it doesn't help, right? Especially she's a young... She's like, Fresh, fresh off of playing, she's thirty-three. She's a woman in footballing media. It's like, like it's it, like don't. The she odds are like a pylon. Like the odds are already stacked against media. her. Exactly. Yeah. And like, like I'm sorry, but like, it's not even like what she said wasn't like great, but it wasn't like mind-numbingly stupid. Like a lot of these like idiotic like pundits say every single time they're on television at grain uh, yeah and like Sorry. absolutely roy Keane. so yeah doesn't help but anyway um who do we both have in 11th drum roll it is wet spam united uh Aww. they <laughs> uh, west ham united the hammers um yes they i've been impressed this season um they're a club that i i don't Listeners of the podcast will know I like truly detest a lot of clubs in the Premier League, um, but there are certain clubs I have slight soft spots for, uh, including clubs like Southampton, who yeah. gave us Alan Shearer, um, yeah. clubs like Crystal Palace, because I really like Wilfred Zaha, um, yeah. and clubs like West Ham, who I've grown to somewhat not detest because a very good friend of mine supports them. So. Very sweet. You should hate them. I mean, we suck. I I hate West Ham. So, um, but I still have them in eleventh, and I have also been impressed this season. I am a little bit worried about David Moyes still. I'm particularly worried. I don't know if you want to get into this or if you want to speed it up, but like the Brighton match, the way he set up the team in the first half, oh. which was like literally yes. pure insanity. Like I was ranting to you over text yep uh, yep like absolutely. 50 texts without you replying just me like being so annoyed at the way we set up it's it's like the worst football i've seen in years um 
I couldn't believe it. For for people who don't know, he basically set up like with two attackers on the pitch and everyone else is a defender. We had Ben Johnson playing on the left wing and he scored. It was a great goal, but I mean, it was just awful. It was the worst football I've ever seen. And um, my family is very concerned about his treatment of um, Saeed Ben Rama. Um, I don't know if you like have any thoughts on that. Uh, Moyes has basically said like, he has to wait. Like, I don't like the way he gives the ball away, etc. But I mean, when he's played, he's looked super good. Um, and he drives that player. Southampton. Yeah. I, I actually so, thought it pretty much, I was only impressed by Ben Rama and Suchek. Yeah. And Yarmolenko was pretty good in that match too. But, um, but yeah, we're very concerned about this. We're, we don't want it to be like, you know, he's shoved to the side because Moyes has a big ego and he doesn't want to like do the work to integrate him or whatever. And yeah, I mean, I just, I like, I don't know if I should have more patience with Moyes because he's clearly doing like a pretty decent job. I, I don't like David Moyes as a person very much, so maybe that's why. Um, but he better not fuck up side Ben Rama because he's such a good talent. And okay, yeah. Before I move on, uh, one mm-hmm. question is: Said Ben Rama is that an obligation to buy or an option to buy? Um, he, he wait, he's not on loan. Is he? Oh, is it? Is it act? I thought it was like a one oh, no, he, year. Oh low. yeah, he is. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, I think it it's a it's an obligation to buy, which is why that's I don't like, even, like the strangest the strangest thing in football. I, um, why? What do you mean? Just like in, it's like a loan. way to balance the books, which oh, I think yeah, is kind of yeah. cheating. I didn't. Even, um, I I like forget he's on loan because like we have to buy him at the end of the season. Uh, yeah. So like I think that should count against West Ham for this season. In terms of like discipline, yeah, financial fair play, play. right? Yeah, because it's that's literally what PSG did to get around financial fair play with Mbappe. So, I without talking about financial fair play, because literally no fan gives a shit about FFP. But yeah, um, I will say with David Moyes, um, he's going to work for this season. I think if West Ham choose to keep him on for next season. I think West Ham will be relegation candidates oh. um, because nice. uh, Moyes is one of those managers who that we've seen with so many. He's like Big Sam. He's like um, Steve Bruce. He's like all these like, sure, he can have success in one season, um, but it's inevitably going to fall apart. Um, I, I mean, I certainly hope West Ham sack him. Uh, and appoint someone better or agree Ooh. to separate or something, some sort of I don't think we PR will and friendly. I like I think that's interesting you say that. Just really quickly, I would say maybe it's just because I have to force myself to think differently. Like I'm hoping um David Moyes will just like bring some like mid table obscurity to us. Like just, you know, just like some stability. Um okay. uh, sure. I really hope that's not the case. I think that the most impressive thing to me is that he has actually stabilized us in the sense that we're not like conceding uh winners in the 94th minute like we always do and that kind of stuff so i don't think we'll fire him at the end of the season and hopefully we won't have to sack him in december of 2021 because we're 19th place or something but i'm just gonna enjoy Um, it for now (laughs) 2002 2002 2011 he was at everton right yeah yeah um 
So he hasn't really made it work anywhere since Everton. Do no. you think Everton, like, is Everton, or sorry, is West Ham the club yeah. that it magically fixes the Moyes no, so problem? I actually think that, like, West Ham are similar to what Everton were in the noughties. The sense that it's just, like, this, like, not very well-run club where he can kind of just do a decent job. I think, I mean, that's, like, very vague, but that's what I'm holding out hope for, where it's, like, he can just sort of turn us into like a sort of worse version of that Everton run of the noughties and just bring stability. That's all I'm hoping for. Just like mid-table obscurity, please. I don't want anything else. Okay. <laughs> Talking about mid-table obscurity, um, mm-hmm. I have uh, Arsenal in 12th place. Yeah. Uh, which I think, considering right now they're in 13th, um, mm-hmm. although that between 15th and 10th is really tight it's kind of yeah. like the top of the table only three points yeah i, I don't points. know if arsenal fans will be happy with where they are right now i know even in their last uh two matches which have both been wins for arsenal um arsenal fans have not been happy uh one uh friend of mine uh and former teammate michael spooner uh, tweeted something along the lines of if I ever have to watch El Nenny and Xhaka do a midfield pivot again in my life I'm going to uh, term redacted because I don't like that term um, but I mean they've pulled off two good results in a row so I don't know yeah. it's not so doom and gloom at Arsenal anymore but I think it's going to be a solidly mid-table finish so yeah and then who knows what'll happen? Maybe they'll decide to bin off Arteta and bring in Thomas Tuchel or something if he wants the project. Um, I think that would be hilarious. It's it like be... a Unai Emery all over again. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. All right. Um, yeah, uh, that's a good prediction. Twelfth is very solid. I have Wolves in twelfth. Um, I think that they will. I would love if they get Diego Costa through the door in January, which looks increasingly likely as he's terminated his contract at Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah, I think they have a bunch of super young players who are exciting, but I, I just like think this is going to be an off season for them. I don't think they'll be competing for anything. Um, I agree because they're not very um, consistent. So, yeah, I have them in thirteenth. Um, mm-hmm. So just one spot below you. Um, they're just a, a strange club to watch because uh, players like Pedro Neto are playing really well, and Daniel yeah. Pedence are playing really well, uh, but they're missing their goal scorer, Raul Jimenez, mm-hmm. and their backup, Fabio Silva, has not yet shown. While yeah. he's like, he is very promising, and you can see yeah. why Wolves rate him really highly, it, it hasn't translated yet um, yeah. into them getting good results. Um, so He's just way just too young. Like, yeah. Really young and... Uh, injury problems and an inexperienced squad yeah it's it's not their season i think next season they'll bounce back and yeah i'm sure they will an eighth to seventh sort of range i mean any squad that like drops points to newcastle is automatically horrible so well i will say like people give us credit for getting a point at wolves um they like rui patricio 
his the way he sets up and the way he made his wall on that free yeah. kick that got us a point that is terrible that <laughs> free kick yeah. never should have gone in yeah. Um, yeah. but it did and we got a point and people give us credit for it even though we were utterly awful um so who do you have in 13th i have leeds leeds united i think i just kind of went opposite to you where i think that i mean as i said i think that they will burn out at the end of the season unless there's another break i guess and I also think that, like, I sort of like look at their like crazy defeats more than their crazy wins. Um, and I, I think it's the it will be the best if they finish thirteenth. It'll be the best thirteenth place finished ever, and everyone loves them because they're literally insane. And I, I try and catch them every week, basically, because you just know it's going to be entertaining ninety percent of the time. So, yeah, an a, a entertaining thirteenth place for me. Yeah, they a very entertaining match they had versus West Brom. Um, and even though everyone's giving Sawyers a hard time for that own goal. I yeah, think. Johnston, come on. Johnston, people are talking about him trying to work an angle and stuff, but... No, it was, it was dumb. Don't leave your goal yeah, like dumb. that so early. Um, but anyways, moving down into solid relegation Solid. candidates uh, in 14th place who do you have i have up the two newcastle i actually don't think that you will be a solid relegation candidate i think i think you'll just be 14th place six plus points off the relegation zone comfortable um i said it at the beginning of the season i'll say it again um i well actually i had, I had you at 17th place at the beginning of the season but I did say I did say that I didn't think you would get relegated. I th- I was like I'm pretty adamant that you won't, and I stick to it. Like, and I think you'll improve, and just be fine, lackluster, normal. Yeah. Um, I mean, w- let's talk about Newcastle when we get to yeah, where that's I good. put them because I'm a Newcastle fan. Yeah. So I have Crystal Palace in 14th place, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, Crystal Palace are not without their problems, but um, I genuinely think with the attack that Crystal Palace has, you can never really count them out, Um, even though they're kind of a worse version of West Ham uh, in terms of... That's a good way of putting it, actually. uh, In terms of how the club is run, where they like only invest in attack and they like never touch their defenders. um, Uh And like West Ham uh played Craig fucking Dawson. Uh He was really good, like, you know. I said I have in my notes that you deserve to get relegated for starting Craig <laughs> Dawson because for really Watford good. he was so horrendous. Um he was but good. he like Craig Dawson post West Brom like mm-hmm. don't touch that. Um <laughs> but Palace are kind of in that same boat where the owners just don't provide funds for investing in defense um and it makes this really fun team to watch where you've got uh like maverick players in the forward positions and then Mm. like dudes who work on the weekend as a repairman uh in the defense yeah Uh, so it's it's like the uh, um gibraltar national team like yeah that's the kind of defense that palace is Uh, like Joel Ward and like these League One defenders are getting uh, 38 matches in the Premier League because Crystal Palace will pay them. Um, They're just 
they're kind of that team that their attack is good enough to keep them at the top of the relegation considerates, but uh, their defense is bad enough where they'll lose so many matches in a season that they'll end up being considered in the relegation. Candidates. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a solid prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we should shout them. out. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go first. I just want to shout out Newcastle's performance today against Liverpool because it was amazing. Kyle Darlow in particular, I thought was great. So, yes, uh, deserved England number one, yeah, Carl Darlow in his maybe. future. So, um, I see you have Crystal Palace in fifteenth. Um, yeah. So, I, I'm just similar. not particularly. Yeah, I'm just not particularly impressed by them. I think they were playing very well. Um, just you know, even a month ago, but. Like you were saying, I, I I just think that they they'll they'll survive and that's about it. Like um, I think Zaha probably will like lose interest again um, toward the end of the season or in the January transfer. He I mean he does it at least like once a season where he just like it not lose interest. That's really harsh, but like he just like asks to leave publicly. Yeah, he asks to leave and then he's not in a good headspace and the, the fallout yeah. of that. And, yeah, I'm. I, I'm just underwhelmed like, by Crystal Palace. It's really hard to be a Newcastle fan. I'm sure it's harder to be a Crystal Palace fan. Yeah, it's maybe. just they're just boring. I mean, they don't have like an owner with like supreme contempt contempt for the club. Like yeah, he's Newcastle a good owner. Has, yeah. But it Deep it pack. must be really frustrating. Like Crystal Palace is in the same boat as Newcastle, and they have an owner that he's just kind of. As long as he maintains Premier League status, he's fine. Yeah. Um, which that's no way to live. Uh, um, so that's a West Ham fan. I mean, you guys are have solidified your place in the Premier League. So I just want to. Well, maybe, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's not much difference between where you put Palace and where I put Palace. Fourteenth, fifteenth. I think that's a very solid prediction. Where do, who do you have in fifteenth? Um, I have Brighton, who mm -hmm. they maintain their inability to communicate what exactly no. they are. Um, I'm still so confused on how they operate and how they're above the relegation zone and also, also how they're not higher in the Premier League. They play, they play like they should be higher in the I know they really the do. But they don't get results, um, and that was kind of like today losing one nil um, to Arsenal. Um, yeah. It's I don't know what Brighton's problem is. Um, like I rate their manager, I rate their players. I think they have a good defense, good midfield, good attack. Um, they had goalkeeper issues, but they seem to have found. A solution or at least a short-term solution in roberto sanchez yep i just don't know what brighton's problem is yeah me neither i i agree with everything there and i have them just a, a place below in 16th i just it's not working out for them i think they're probably better than like the bottom three but and i actually thought they performed pretty well against arsenal i agree um, but they for whatever reason stuff, but... i don't know if they don't have the metal or like I have they no don't have idea. a goal scorer. Ben White, like he's very good, but I think he'd much prefer to be at Leeds. 
yeah very prone to mistakes yeah so there are times this season where he's like not jumped for headers from corners yeah it's kind of weird i was super confused like maybe that's it his heart might not be in it i just don't Um, think his heart is in it yeah but i think he really wants to be at least he's still he was he uh took to twitter to mock or like joke about karen carney and i'm like dude you're a brighton player why 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 are you like because he wants to be at leeds like that that's why um so <laughs> i mean brighton might want to cash in on that uh, i mean i would I, I don't know if i he's so good but it's just like i kind of would just just yeah. sell him yeah just shout out brighton for playing dan burn at left black left back um, it's great one of the greatest decisions ever um yeah it breaks my heart that Dan Byrne didn't work out at Newcastle, um, yeah. but um, he is a Jordy. Always a Jordy. Once a Jordy, always a Jordy. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it, yeah. It, I'm bright. If I'm Brighton, I would prefer to play the football that Graham Potter plays and and be in the worst football on earth, like and just like scraping, being in the prem. So maybe it'll improve for them. Who knows? Um, I said, yeah, I said Brighton in sixteenth, and you have Newcastle. Also in 16th. You want to speak to that? Um, I mean, this, in terms of timing, this comes at a strange time. Um, like slate um, and like all this weird stuff. Um, and I also think it's certainly something to be said about how um, last season uh, and the beginning of this season, uh, when we had a bad performance, Jamal Lascelles would talk to the media and say, like, we need to give the manager a chance, but the manager got it wrong. And also the players need, like it's a dual, dual fault on the players and the manager. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Jamal Lascelles is snapped off of talking to the media and he hasn't talked to the media yeah. in a few months now. Um, I just, I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't even look forward to Newcastle matches. Um, I just know, like, even with today's performance, I haven't seen Steve Bruce's post-match things, but I'm sure he said something along the lines of that'll shut Newcastle fans up. Yeah. Um, which um, I also saw this um, oh, uh, this thing about um, about Steve Bruce and his agent and the who else his agent represents um uh-huh. and his agent represents like most of uh sport talk and like a bunch of the sky sports people and oh, a bunch of the like a whole bunch of media people share the same agent as steve bruce uh which is interesting if you think about the media's defense of steve bruce yeah um, but yeah, i just want to finish up my quick newcastle rant with uh a quote by the um, I'm not sure if he's still president or if someone else won the most recent election of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust NUST. Um, he his name is Alex Hurst, and I think at the beginning of the Steve Bruce appointment, uh, he had some really bad opinions, but he's since kind of realized his mistakes, and he talked about going against. Uh, like after the Manchester City 2-0 defeat, he said, how come Fulham can go there and give them a good game? West Brom can go there and scrap out a point, but we have to let them walk all over us and just be happy it wasn't 5-0. Um, yeah. 
because that was really Steve Bruce's comments um, post Man City right. um, that we should be happy with this two nil defeat. Um, and that's no mentality to have in the Premier League. And I don't think we're. Yeah, I get that. With Steve Bruce, I don't think we're long for the new guy. Or we don't, I don't think we're long for the Premier League. So I get that. Yeah. I I hope I hope that's not the case. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know. I really like it it is a bit a bit bleak right now for Newcastle, so hopefully I don't know, a takeover will go through and you can rise up the table. But yeah. Who do we have in, talking of not staying in the Premier League too long? We're getting toward the relegation now and we both have Burnley just surviving in seventeenth. For me this is just a case of like um Sean Dyche pulling the rabbit out of the hat again and like Burnley players refusing to go down. Um I like I I think like Burnley are the new Stoke basically where in the end of Stoke's stay in the Premier League it was two or three seasons of them narrowly avoiding relegation and then finally going down. And I think that's where Burnley are headed to be frank. I agree. Um, I mean, they're basically like, they're a, what's the word? They're like a case study for the, can you make this well-organized concede 80% possession to your opponent um, yeah. and try to score one goal to eke out a one nil win. Yeah. Um, they're kind of the case study for why that isn't a sustainable model exactly. in the Premier League, um, which is, it's what Steve Bruce is trying to do to Newcastle and why I'm not excited to uh, concede like 11% possession against Man City in the second half. Um, and I was supposed to be happy with the only being beat zero two. Um, it's, it's proof that this doesn't work. And Burnley went from finishing seventh that one season and making Europa league to slipping down and down and down and down. And I think eventually they'll get relegated. Um, it's just a question of when will they, um, and it's not this season because the bottom three are utterly horrible. So they're very bad. I yeah, I mean, so let's like go into the relegation places. I actually think I mean, interestingly enough, it's like Fulham play really exciting football and they're much more fun to watch than Burnley. So I think it's a real toss up between who survives between Burnley and Fulham. I have Fulham in eighteenth, so do you. Um for me, I I kinda Fulham have they they're winless in five now, but that's four straight draws and then a loss before that. Um, they've definitely improved. They they were the worst team in the Premier League for like a month, and everyone was like, "This is terrible." Like, I mean, I was like, "Why the why the hell are they even in this league? They're a waste of space." And they've improved a lot. So, I mean, I think they could they have a chance. Um, but I, yeah, I have them going down. Um, I don't think they deserve uh, to get promoted in the first place over Brentford anyway. So, oh uh, yeah, I I think it's yeah more of a collapse of Brentford that got full. Yeah promoted yeah, rather yeah. than Fulham deserving to yeah. go up um but uh, yeah it's kind of that how I view Fulham is they've got an okay manager I mean I would be happy to have Scott Parker at Newcastle mm-hmm. um but that aside they've got uh like a, the sort of maverick player in Adam Lookman um, yes. and 
a a player like that, you never know when that can keep you up in the Premier League. So yeah, yeah, and they also have a good goalie in Alphonse Ariola. So they yeah, literally a Real Madrid loney weird weird saves. So yeah, um, yeah, I I kind of I don't know if I'm sort of hoping that they stay up. Um, just because they're playing more exciting football, but also like I hate the way they run, and you can't like spend a hundred mil and be this bad. So yeah, agree. Kind of hope they go down as well. Um, so in nineteenth, I just for the fun of it put Sheffield United. Um, I do that they, they will finish bottom, but I was like, ah, put them in nineteenth just to differ from you. Uh, you've put West yeah. Brom there. Yeah. So yeah, and then in twentieth we have reverse with you having yeah, West Brom in twentieth and me having Sheffield United. I just don't think West Brom have the squad. I mean, they got they like have a championship squad. Yeah, yeah, they've got like a mid table, a, a mid table championship. They have squad. a yeah, they have a like eighth cha- place in the championship. They should be like trying to fight for being in the um, playoff places in the championship. They they have a yeah. horrible squad. So like Nottingham Forest or QPR, yeah. Nottingham or... Forest, who are like a point above the relegation zone in the championship. Right now, yeah, um, managed by Chris Hutton. So, who like everyone at the beginning was like, "Oh my god, we got Chris Hutton. He's gonna do wonders," and he's done nothing. Um, I so think far, so. so um, Newcastle interviewed and offered the managerial role to eleven managers, um, and Steve Bruce was the twelfth, um, and all wow. eleven denied the role before Steve Bruce accepted. Um, And one of them, I think was Chris Hutton. I don't think Chris Hutton would have been good for you. Uh, Everyone loves Chris Hutton because. Oh, I love him. I love Chris Hutton. He's meant to be like a super, super nice guy, but I think, I don't think he's a very good Premier League manager. I I think he would have been playing the same football that you're playing right now. Like, I don't think there would have been a difference. It would just be like people, I mean, I'm, everyone loves loves Steve Bruce too, like as a person, but I think it would have been the same. Well, so, I mean, Chris Hutton's like a a fan favorite at Newcastle. Yeah, um, yeah. He like everyone. It's kind of like Alan Shearer in terms of like as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, most Newcastle fans are like he just wasn't given the chance. Like he I, he might have been able to do something really good with this squad. I I, I, uh, I, I just kind of don't rate him. I don't know. I mean, that might be harsh, but I just I think. He was so like the football Brighton played was terrible, and I just don't see how that would change with him being at Newcastle. Frankly, I guess he would have had better players. So maybe I'm just talking rubbish. Yeah, they would have given him forty million to buy Joe Linton. Yeah, so sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just uh, West Brom just don't have the squad. It'd take a miracle. Big Sam's never been relegated, but no, he will unless be. He, he will be. I. There's a chance he gets sacked or resigns before the season's over. Just I so could see him resigning. His... Yeah. Ne- yeah. So he can keep his never been relegated name tag. Oh, true. True. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I, did, I think. I don't know. Did you see his comments where he was like, uh, if I get relegated, it would kill me? God. Oh, yeah. Wow. Really? He is going. Yeah. If he stays at West Brom, he's getting relegated. That's so, what that's what I'm thinking, which is why I think he might resign or something. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I kind of, when he came out and was talking about COVID and he was like, I really, really don't want to get COVID. I was like, mate, like, don't. I'm pretty, I was pretty surprised when he came into a job. 
like i i would not do that if i was 66 and i mean people make fun of like uh they call him big fat sam right which is kind of sad and mean and because he's not that huge but he is also like 66 and a pretty big guy like i i wouldn't yeah. take the risk well for West Brom. Uh, yeah i don't i don't like the term like calling no, him fat sam i yeah, just prefer terrible. big sam big yeah, sam's people, a little more friendly yeah no um, people call him that though that's what that's what i'm saying but like it's yeah i think he kind of adopts that name like i think yeah. he kind of likes it it's kind of like a pub like wrap your arm around the guy next to you because you're just absolutely wasted kind of nickname <laughs> so true um and yeah, yeah. I, I was just West surprised Brom, that he would want to do it just in this the, in this environment right it's just like I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, talking about things I don't want to do, mm-hmm. uh, Sheffield United in 20th place. I just can't even... I mean, it's kind of a depressing way to end like this, us talking about everyone. Just cause, well, it'll uh, pick up after this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, Sheffield um, United just are horrible. And it's, it's Yeah, sad. Sheffield United, they need a miracle. I don't know what it, they can do. I don't. I don't. Are their happen. owners gonna like splash a bunch of cash in January no. and try to save no. them, or are they just no. gonna say their owners this will be sensible? Yeah, their owners will be sensible and they will prepare for the for being in the championship next season. And frankly, if they like keep their squad together, which they will, because no one's gonna want to buy them off the back of the season, they're gonna probably destroy everyone in the championship because they have good players and they have a really good manager. So they they will just be preparing to play championship football. That's what they'll be doing. And probably in the championship, Rian Brewster will come good because there'll be less pressure and and he's proved that. You think it'll... he stays? Yeah. Where, where else? Who's going to get him? Unless he gets loaned yeah. somewhere. I think that there's a chance just because he's a Liverpool youngster, some oh. club will take a chance on him. No. He's, he's, he's more of a chance of being the new Dominic Solanke, frankly, who's Oof. currently bossing it in the championship. So... I hate um, Dom Slanky. Yeah, I, I, I have no. I kind of. I like the fact that he's playing well in the championship because I get sad when Wonder Kids don't do anything with their careers. So there we go. Yeah. So the least hot take of this podcast is Sheffield United getting. I mean, up. I yeah, I literally put them in nineteenth just for the heck of it. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're definitely getting relegated. However much we would like to see a miracle from the Blades, it's not going to happen. Yeah. All right, should we, mo- okay. should we move on to... Uh, well, um... we're actually going to take a quick break oh, um, yes. and then get to the rest of this. Um, so hold on one second and we'll be right back. So now we're going to move on to our few additional predictions, starting with our FA Cup winner prediction, which we have the same team. Who, who do we have, Blake? It's something we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, this idea that um, if Tottenham don't finish in the top four, mm-hmm. um, the Mourinho experiment is going to be a complete failure unless he wins a right. trophy. Right. Um, he needs some sort of silverware or a top four finish in the Premier League. Um, and with the squad he has and with the resources he has um i think if tottenham is kind of floating around in that eighth to oh how about 10th to sixth 
spot mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of looking impossible for them to make top four uh we're gonna see them start uh lucas mora harry kane and Min son oh yeah in every round of the fa cup um i mean it's like he already he already does that anyway like he's insane he 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 plays he plays players he plays kane when he really shouldn't play kane like for a man who has that many injuries i get so confused and also like off the back of that too he will do everything to win the Europa League if he's out of the top four race, because obviously that gets him Champions League. So I think you'd have to back Mourinho to win a trophy this season. I agree. I also have Spurs there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just with the, the squad he has and a manager as insane as Jose Mourinho. Yeah. It's kind of hard to bet against them right now. Um, but kinda there is, is yeah. right now, there's so many clubs still in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. Like there's what still 128 teams, or is it something just like down that. to? I mean, it's, it's like, like yeah, because it doesn't. Start it might be down so to late. 64 or something. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm hoping for through. Marine to pull it off. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, it'd be hilarious. Who knows? I don't want to get too like. I just think that uh, January is going to be a tough month for football, and I'm wondering like how cups like this are going to be impacted. So, um, part of me know. wonders if they just. Scrap, scrap it. Effect. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Because it's just so it's so many teams, so so much traveling. Yeah. yeah we'll no, honestly, if Newcastle were like, it's not safe for our players, and it's going to be detrimental to our league position, we're going to mm-hmm. send the youth team to the yeah. FA Cup to play Arsenal on the 20th or whatever it is. Well, like, I I wouldn't be mad. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's across the country. I mean, London is a horror show right now. So there you go. But that's sad speculation. So I'm gonna move on okay, and go to golden boot. one of my favorite predictions, which is the golden boot. Yeah, yeah, your favorite uh, prediction, considering you guessed Aubameyang. Yeah, Aubameyang, which is yep, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. It wasn't an insane uh, prediction at the start of the season. I promise you. Certainly. The fact. Um, but I have um, Mohamed Salah. I'm actually kind of chuffed with this prediction. So he's top of the goal scoring charts right now. I didn't predict Liverpool to win the league, but I think that Salah will continue scoring, despite the fact there's like kind of these weird rumors about him wanting to leave Liverpool or whatever. I don't really give a shit about any of that. But yeah, Mohamed Salah. That's my shout. Yeah, my thing with Liverpool is when the the goals are going to be divided. Um, so. Mm-hmm. It like Liverpool might run away with the league and they're gonna. So, for my top goal scorer, I have Jamie Vardy, and this mm. is uh in part uh with my Leicester coming in second place. Um, yeah, I just Thanks. my gut feeling is like Jamie Vardy is inevitable, um, and it's just gonna happen. So yeah, I mean that would be great. He's 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 a hilarious player and he's super good. So I wouldn't be mad if he wins it for a second year in a row at age thirty three or thirty four. He turns thirty four on January eleventh. So yeah, did we talk about him uh, smashing the corner flag that had the uh, pride flag for did, Pride yes. Month? Um, very, and then him uh, unintentional, but yeah, yeah, but then him signing and. Yeah. Sending it to the Leicester City Pride 
uh, organization. Good PR from from Jamie Vardy, but there you go. Yeah, um, the, my quick joke about that is uh, someone on Twitter posted the clip of him breaking it and said, uh, "Jamie Vardy to Chelsea confirmed?" Question um, mark. It's just like any time oh. a player, like <laughs> that's funny. Any, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that's funny. That's good. So, uh, moving into most assists. Oh, by the way, I have Vardy with 22 goals. You have Salah with 20. Not that it really matters. Um, Who do you have most assists? Kane. I think that uh, no one was expecting him to be doing this, but he will not stop playing this like weirdly deep role. And I think the assists will just kind of keep coming. And so I'm just going to go for it because he already has so many. Um, I have... um... De Bruyne, yeah. um, I just think, stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, City's not down and out yet. Um, I think they're going to find their form and they're yeah, going to be yeah, okay. I agree. In they're the not down end. and out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd actually like. I'm trying to find um, the Premier League assist leader per season because I'd like Ooh. to see the last time a striker led the Ooh, league good. in like assists because mm. as far as I can remember, it's been uh, midfielders and wingers. Right. Um, I'm trying to like even think of who it might be and I, I can't think of who. Um, um. But... Yeah, do you have a, a quick guess of who you think it might be? A second. How about... Hmm, we think. People like... Strikers? Romelu Lukaku used to get a decent amount of assists? I don't know, uh, man. So I was thinking Fernando Torres... Didier Drogba, he used to get his. Yeah, I was thinking Didier, Didier Drogba. Um, um, and that was Turner. Oh, um, does Wayne? No, no. Um, but some. Yeah, point. I think some some hold up strikers. That I this. think this is my most sure prediction. I think that Bruno Fernandez has uh, player of the season. Yeah, he already has wrapped up double digit goals. He nearly like, has double digit assists. Which, I mean. He gets ridiculous stats this season. Manu genuinely was Wolves. He was at fault for like both of the goals that Wolves scored. But you know what I mean. It's like there's not many players in Europe that uh, um, do what Fernandez does, plays the way he does. Yeah, I would say maybe the uh, those in charge of voting would point at the number of penalties they have, but that didn't stop yeah. Megan Rapinoe from winning the Blonde or So yeah, true. Yeah, I guess they don't really care. So, um, yeah, that's our our midseason predictions finished. How are yeah. you feeling overall yeah. compared to the beginning? Like, are you happy with how yours has changed from preseason to now? Yeah, I'm happy. I my how mine's changed. I think. I mean, I complain about it all the time, and obviously, I had Arsenal in third. It's a horrible prediction. It's it's like impossible to do preseason predictions. Basically, it's just it's way too hard. So. I think this is a much better like series of predictions for me. My weakest, I would say, is like between fifth and tenth. Is like super weak for me because I can never figure that stuff out. But everything else, I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, 
Um, I, I certainly agree. And it, you've certainly said it in the past that um, any sort of prediction on league position that you make before Christmas is doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah. You, it's you have to wait until after yeah. the Christmas period. Um, That's why football is so exciting, I guess. Yeah, it's right now when you can make your predictions. And I feel like this season, more so than other like Christmas time mm-hmm. predictions, I feel like this season is so much less predictable than it normally is. I agree. I agree. Nice. Okay. So from the CO Le Uli, uh, academy uh which is famous for um producing it was the club that Thierry Henry started at yes um while he was at the Clairefontaine mm-hmm. um he then moved he actually trialed at Manchester City um but was not offered a uh contract uh mm-hmm. he joined Olympique Lyonnais Oh yeah. Uh before joining Monaco before becoming the most expensive teenager in football history at the time in 2015. Okay. okay. Where is Anthony Martial? And the reason <laughs> I ask this oh is because for a player who was the former most expensive teenager he has only scored more than 10 goals twice in his five seasons in the Premier League. He has only assisted more than five goals twice in his uh-huh. five seasons. Wow. Um, and for the former most expensive teenager, one could say that he peaked too early. Yeah, I mean... So obviously Anthony Martial plays with Manchester United. Um, look, I I have to agree. I think he's in real danger of being a peak, not as badly peaked too early as a lot of the players we talked about because he's basically already made it. Like he's made like two hundred appearances for Manchester United. Like you don't do that if you're a shit player. But um, he's been dropped for thirty three year old Edison Cavani and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's comments about him are pretty damning as well. He basically was like, I have no idea when this guy's going to show up. Like I don't trust him. And he also said, like, he's not very fit. So I, I don't know what, what the future holds for Anthony Martial. Like, maybe a move back to France. Maybe, like, PSG buy him or something. Take a punt on him. I hope he can turn it around. He, he doesn't... Like, I, I maintain, like, his debut and Pedro's debut for Chelsea are two of the best debuts for a club I've ever seen. Um, Anthony Martial's debut, he was, like, Thierry Henry-esque. Like, he was incredible. Against and, Liverpool? Uh, yes. And he can sometimes pull it out, like, still. Um, but, but you know, it, something's wrong. Uh, Manchester United is not the most stable club to be at. Um, maybe he just needs to, like, go to a different league, fresh start. I think he'd be pretty good in La Liga. Maybe he doesn't like the crap Manchester weather. Um, he, he's dazzled in a Manchester United shirt. But um, yeah, he's in he he's in danger of he's sort of flopping right now, and um, you know maybe he needs to do like a Memphis Depay and like go to a fun team in a less intense league and see what it does for him. 
Yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen for the last 20 years Manchester United buy up hot young prospects and not pan out, and then they get shipped off somewhere else and they're decently good players. So, unsure. Did you know that he has an older brother who plays? Who does he play for? Um, Sochaux. I don't know if I is that how you pronounce that French club? Yeah, yeah. In league, though, so show, yeah. Anytime you have to guess, just go a huh at the end, so show, yeah, yeah. And he has a um, a very like a very young cousin who plays um, for Servette in Switzerland. Uh, did you know he's of Guadeloupean descent? Oh, wow, much like uh, Ludwig Francolet, uh. The yeah. very promising youngster from Newcastle, although he's not young anymore, he's like 23. But I you still know, have hope for Francolette yeah. that he makes a first team appearance. What I wanted to um, ask you was what what the hell what's happening with that like a a straight no that French guy that you signed from like a building site on Australia. After like, that, what? I'm not totally sure. Let me see if I can pull up Newcastle. Um, I can quickly see if I go to our team website and go to teams and switch to the U23. Um, By the way, for those, if you don't remember who this player is, he was a trialist who basically only got a trial as uh, Alan St. Maximin moved to Australia and worked as a bricklayer and slept on one of his co-banger. But he's not currently listed he's he plays um, in peel division two name. basically like i can't remember his name it's florin indeles in indelesinio or something in indelesio in, yeah where are you today my friend apparently he's with the newcastle u23s yep playing he's made PL4 four appearances two. this season so I, it's so bizarre to me like what the hell is he doing he was playing was awesome. for Fraser Park in Australia. Yeah. What a strange career. But I mean, Newcastle's have certainly had quite a few players like that who have been out of football and given a trial. Like that's what Ludwig Francolet is. Um, but unless you're a Newcastle fan, you have no idea who these people are. So, okay. I have some more questions for you. If you're All right. Yep. Um, with Newcastle getting knocked out of the Carabao Cup in quite a uh, disappointing fashion, and by quite, I mean absolutely devastatingly fashion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what does Carabao do, and what country are they from? They are from, ooh, give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. They are from, um, no, it's, it's, between, it's a toss-up. Okay, obviously they're an energy drink. I'm going to go, they're from Thailand. And yes, they are. Yes, yes. They're an energy drink from Thailand that's extremely popular in the UK. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah. I mean, we certainly don't have Carabao. Yeah, in, we don't have it here. Yeah, but in it's, the, it's in the US. UK. Um, yes. I, I thought it was from Singapore. I was like, is it Singapore or Thailand? But I'm, yeah, I'm in Thailand. I'm like, oh, my street. It, it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> they're just famous enough to have the money to sponsor a pretty shitty tournament in the UK. Uh, so 
I mean, they but, must be super rich. Like that. That's I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, with two back-to-back very positive results, how much mm-hmm. uh, do these results change Arsenal's outlook of the season? Uh, it's pivotal. I think it's not. It doesn't. I'm not saying that they are going to be brilliant. I'm not saying that this is going to fix it. But what Arsenal needed was like. Uh, good results and frankly like a 3-1 victory against Chelsea is shocking but it's a it's an excellent result for them and um, Arteta like won't let them be as terrible as they were basically and 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 the players must be so embarrassed that like they just simply it, it literally can't get worse with that group of players than it has been so they will improve. They can get relegated. Yeah but they won't and they have Thomas Partey to return who's who will improve them and and Aubameyang will probably score some goals, and it they they will like we said in our predictions finish mid table probably, and and now like this is good because now they don't have to like shoehorn Mesa Özil in or something insane like that, which like wouldn't work because he barely plays football anymore. Um, and they have like young guns, right? Emil Smith Rowe, who's probably fine, and they'll they'll make it. They'll be all right. They'll improve. Okay. I'm pretty out of um, This is kind of a long-winded one, but it's okay. a pretty funny uh, okay, okay. kind of stat. Like, it's one of those stats that ESPN would tweet that mm-hmm. they don't mean anything, but um, it's kind of interesting or whatever. Okay. Um, in 2016, Casper Schmeichel established himself as a dark horse candidate for the best goalkeeper in the Premier League with his record 399 Premier League appearances by a uh, Danish goalkeeper, starting for one club, passing his father, Peter. Does he remain a candidate? for the best goalkeeper in the league or the dark horse candidate for the best goalkeeper in the league? Well, he's, he hasn't made 399 appearances in the Prem for Leicester. Right? Has he? Doesn't, I don't know. No, I just, no, he hasn't. It's, it's I saw for ESPN Leicester. Tweet. Not, not, not for... in the Prem though, because he started so I think with the money in like League One or Championship or something. I think it's um, for one Premier League club. So it doesn't necessarily state in the Premier League, but it is for a Premier League club. Right, right. Oh, I, okay. I get that. I get that. Um, Dark Horse for the best goalkeeper in the league, you say? He has the strongest... Still... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like, Is he still in that conversation? Um... Uh yes, because like he's just so solid, right? Like if you have Casper Schmeichel in goal, like you know that he's not he's gonna make like one mistake a season and he's just like a great goalie. Uh obviously like goalkeepers are strange because you can have a, a, a great goalkeeper, but it's it's only because they have a great defense in front for having the great job. Um you know, there's like a generation of fans who like know him who know, when they think Schmeichel, they'll think Casper, not Peter. Uh, that, I mean, and anyone who does that is like done a great job. So yeah, he's he's definitely one of the best goalies in the league, and I think he will remain one of the best goalies in the league until he retires in the next four or five years. When I'm sure he'll he'll retire when he's pretty old. So good for Casper. I just wanted to know your opinion on it. I really like um, him. He's he's been fun. I think he'll have a great career as a pundit 
if he wants to do that. I, I kind of think he's going to be the kind of guy to like go after away. he retires. Yeah, he's just you're not really going to hear from him again. I hear I, he already does a lot of like pun like pundit guest stuff, and he's really funny. So I hope he like sticks around as the odd thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And then my final question: um, This does not include any clubs that are currently relegation candidates, um, which that's kind of your own discretion. Um, but I was thinking it: uh, Burnley, Brighton, and then the three in the relegation spots. Um, who is at the biggest risk of slipping into the relegation race if they don't improve in January? That's a good one. Um, if they don't improve in January, Palace. Yeah, Palace is Palace. the easy answer. Um, I um, think you, you can put Brighton in there too. But yeah. I was going to say Brighton's included as a relegation race oh, candidate. Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So let's say um, Newcastle, Palace, and then Burnley, Brighton, and the relegation spots. Um, so are basically Arsenal and above. Who has the biggest risk of slipping into the relegation race if they don't improve in January? In Arsenal above? Yes. Um, uh, sorry, of, of, of the current like live Premier League table? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, that's good. That's way harder. Um, okay, I will go... F- Leeds, I guess. Leeds, if, I don't know, in January, like, they get hit by a bunch of weird injuries and they burn out so harshly that they just tank, I guess I'll go Leeds. But yeah, I, none, none of these clubs will be down there. I, I so asked that question. Go, but I, I get what you mean by the well, divide. Newcastle I mean, have... Unless West Ham, you wouldn't put it past West Ham, frankly, to just, like, tell. I just don't think that it'll happen because we've got, like, Antonio to come back and Moises just set up set us up like okay like we'll get to 40 points for sure so. um newcastle in yeah January, we have no money so. either so which yeah i mean don't no one has cash. Any, no one has any don't money. give steve bruce 100 million to spend and you might have some money mid-season predictions yeah we're almost in double digits for podcasts actually we are because episode nine is technically the 10th episode we've made right because we did the yep, intro right. which is like right. episode zero so this episode is officially the West Ham podcast. Um, yeah. Exactly mid-table. Okay, mid-table. Um, Gotta love it. Yeah. With that being said, uh, listeners in the UK, stay safe. Um, it's already made its way to the US. Um, so we Spreading unsure everywhere. of how that's going to change this situation over here. Um, not exciting. Yeah. Uh, like really, really potentially devastating. Um, so please stay safe. Uh, email the pod at peaked yes. the number two early pod at gmail.com. We'll answer any questions you send. Follow us on Twitter at peaked the number two early pod. Um, we'll answer any tweets you send us um, for now. Uh, and follow Oscar at O S C. U H H so close. Uh, o H S C U H. O H S C U H. And it'll be a sweet day when you get it right. 
Yes, and follow me at bmunch, B-M-U-N-S-H. And rate and review if you want to. Yeah, rate and review. We actually have really positive reviews, so uh, that's great. Um, Our ratings took a massive climb after we got all the spam out of there. So uh, it's all looking good on the Peak Too Early podcast. It's not looking great for some Premier League clubs. It's looking excellent for others. Uh, Have a great week. Stay safe. Take care. And see you next week. Bye.